Hey there, everybody. My name is Lexi, and thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I'm going to be chatting about how not everyone is going to like your shit, your stuff, your art, your work, really whatever industry you do, not everybody's going to like it. And I have my friend here, super producer, Hugh Stefner. What in up, the house. Up? So if this is a conversation you'll be interested in staying tuned with, keep watching, keep listening. What would you say this was about? Because we kind of went all over the place as far as topic. I'm trying to think how to sum that up because we touched um, not liking, not everyone's gonna like your stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Care about how you treat people and how you react. Respect. To people not liking. Respect. I guess you could say artist, engineer, chemistry. That too. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah, just going off of the vibes and how to, how to work with one another. Basically. Yeah. I would say collaborative effort between artists and the engineer. Mm -hmm. And also understanding as an artist, not everyone, including your engineer, but not everyone's going to like what you have. So just finding your core audience. Mm -hmm. right. okay. Just not. And stop looking at me, the engineer, for approval after every bar. And we only on bar four. I don't know what the rest of your song sounds like. <laughs> you don't know what the rest of your song sounds like because you didn't write it. That's why we're going bar for bar right now. Right, like I need to, I need more to really know if I like it. You, uh, maybe they're going off of the rule there that's, uh, what is it? No rule. Rule of thumb, I guess, is if you play a song in the first 10 seconds, is it? No, oh, if, they, if they don't grab their attention in the first 10, then it's not dope or whatever. Maybe a lot of, a lot of artists are going off that logic. I don't like that. You know why? Why? <laughs> that pause though. Um, and I guess you could call me a rebel. I don't like following the trends, which is weird because I know that I'm, you know, trying to be in the industry or whatever. But this whole, the listeners and the audience have short attention spans. So you got to cater to that short attention span it's making people have even lesser attention spans in my opinion and i don't like it let's see further let's see what mixed by black has to say when it comes to the whole collab my best way not the studio collab but collaboration when it comes to the whole collaboration my best way to give you my best opinion is to record it if you ask me something let's record and hear it if we don't like it after that, keep going or just leave, LOL. <laughs> yeah. And I have to explain that to some clients, like, you know, especially the ones who are more used to doing like live performances versus coming into the studio to record. The beautiful thing about being in the studio is we can record it until you get the absolute best performance that you feel like you can do. You don't have to do everything in one take if you don't want to. You don't have to. It's not the 90s. Hmm? It's not the 90s. You got one take it. They did one takes in the 90s. I'm thinking like 60s. 
either nineties to I'm just thinking like uh, technology. Just uh when hip hop was real prevalent in New York mm. and the whole thing was I can knock a song out in twenty minutes straight. That's true. This or that. I think a lot of people are still going off of that. And it's like for what? That was a different time. We don't have to do that anymore. There's a lot more that goes into songs, which is why the, the quality and the product has changed. Yeah. Now we're at a point where we can, somebody can record something in their closet, an untreated room, not mixed, and it'll go diving. It'll blow. Excuse me. It'll go platinum. Gold. Gold. I ain't gonna say I'll gold. give them gold. I'll give them gold. Because diamond, 10 million? Goddamn. Kind of thing. Is there a, yeah, we got to find that out. Is there a, an unmixed record or non professional recorded record that has gone down? Trying to think. Or something that sounds rough. Are we comparing it to like the standards of today? What mixing yeah, sounds yeah. like today? Yeah, because what, what, what I would say stuff like whoever the person who came to my mind was like Nina Simone. Her stuff has like a rawness to it. That, see, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's true. Well, I don't. How's the song? How's the how's the music? Is it kind of like one it's of very those... political and it it marks the times kind of kind of songs? So you can get away with that because there are that is relatable content. Mm -hmm. But we're I guess more so you're, you're talking about the trendy side. Mm -hmm. um, those records tend to they could be hit or misses, but uh, if they're trendy, it's the, they can win with the popularity. But like the one I want to think of. Take Heath with the, the, uh, the little dude, Take Heath with the, what's it called? The race? Oh, the Corvette song? No, not that. The other one. So you can see what we <laughs> listen to or don't listen to. Wait, wait. What did you say his name was? Uh, Take Heath. Take Heath. Is, is it run the race? Win the race? Or what? what is it? How the song go? No idea. Thank I know you. the beat, though. You know the beat. Spoken like a true He said something about beat the case. And he's basically snitching on himself. He's talking about he murdered someone and he's trying to be the case. He had to run a race or something like that. But, he's trying to be the case. He's a runner. He's a track star. Exactly. But I don't, I don't think this song is mixed and it did what it did just because it's cool in the in the heat of things right now. It's cool to talk about catching a body and Ugh. it's cool to outrun the cops. And Too many niggas in Atlanta have been outrunning cops. I've been in three police chases in two months. What months. the fuck? One of them on my birthday. What the fuck? Good times, great memories. Yeah. And you know, I just- That's too stressful for me. I maintained my speed, kept pockets in between me and the other cars so they could slide through, you know? But uh, yeah, it's getting wild in these streets. But yeah, so the rawness from back then, it doesn't, like people are more interested. Mm -hmm. Are they though? There's still, people still want quality. Even though it's so easy to push things out quicker, people still definitely want the quality. They want quality. I'll, I'll say it's, it's a- TK. Thank you. I said TK, TK, thank you. <laughs> what do you think, Cheeky? No, I thought his name was TK. I don't know who that is. I don't is. listen to dudes, so I you know. Still don't Today you probably, is more wait. Today is more polished and produced sound. Yeah, and Black mentioned earlier that back then they had to get it right. These days, the technology allows us to be able to do multiple. But it depends on what what records we're talking about. 
Because again, if we're talking about these young kids that are like between between twelve and sixteen, I won't. No, I won't go that far. I'll say between sixteen and twenty-two. So the the takes the um, who else is a young dude? Uh, like X before he passed. Well, X was. What about NBA YoungBoy? What are the kids listening to? All right, so yeah, let's just say <laughs> those artists. Ugh, that made me sound so old. Those artists, they have very. A little toted. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get them. We're in the gonna studio. make him famous. We're gonna get them in the studio. Those, those guys, they have cult followers because the content's relatable. But again, and that's how this artists. Yes, it's very important for your shit to sound good because you can like just so many songs I've heard where I was like, yo, this could be so much better if I had a dope mix. But I know what I'm looking for. But if you get the average consumer who's just like, he's in his room playing GTA and he just needs some murder music in the background while he's flying on his Not oppressor music. blowing people up. <laughs> Not murder music. He don't care about the mix. All he know is, ride up on my op, make him boom, chop, chop. chop. <laughs> like, there's energy behind that. So it don't got to sound good. They just feel in that moment. And that for me, that's what I call trendiness. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to sound good. It's just... It's just got to fit a it's vibe. A, it's a vibe at that moment. Yeah. Which a lot of people are going off that vibe. Now you got people over here that have the trained ears where we're looking for, okay, there's no mud. The high the high ends aren't too crispy to where they're piercing my ears. And those... You know, when people ask me to critique a song or tell them what I think about it, I definitely have to ask them, like, okay, which, what way? How do you want me to listen to it? Mm. Do you want me to listen to it as a song, or do you want me to listen to it as an engineer? They'll, they'll get two different responses. There is a me. difference. Be like the, yeah. the consumer in me, and then there's the producer in me. That's the consumer, and then the producer. Yep. And that's another thing. Like, well, certain artists, when they're very particular with ad libs or going back to change one word or even just one word in the intro thinking that it'll make the song now my problem with that is that's why I I feel contradicted because on one hand there are no wrong answers if you go back let me okay let's paint a picture let's use Travis Scott Travis Scott's music's melodic very vibey very trippy cool you could be in any type of mood and it'll promote, you know, it'll, it'll touch you somewhat. So, you know his ad libs, he'll be like, it's lit or something like that. Not the heavy bird. The right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, it's already set. The vibe's already set. Let the record be. You'll have an artist that'll go back and they'll be like, you know what? Should I say, yeah. Should I? I? Say, yeah. Right. It's like, don't. who cares what you say? The vibe is there. It's not going to make that much of a difference at all, if that. Put this shit out, let the people decide. Set the vibe, let it rock. Oh, slight flex here. When my homeboy was mixing Lil Dirk and Lil Baby, they actually told him, don't take out the mud. That's why Lil Baby songs be sounding like that, huh? Because Lil Baby is one of them where his music don't be sounding like it's mixed the best. It could be mixed but leave the mud. There is a feeling and vibe with the raw trap, quote unquote, raw trap. I'm gonna touch, call it. I'm gonna touch on that. You know what I think that comes from? Mm. 
I don't know who's engineering the mix on those songs at the times. You know, I, I see some of the credits, but when the artist asks for you to keep the mud or the lowing, I think it's because they had a prior experience where someone had, and I, I've made, we all probably made this mistake at one point, but when you're making the high ends too crispy. Mm. So, it's like piercing. Yeah, so I think their retaliation is, or their response is to, keep the mud and what they're trying to say is keep me warm but don't have me too high over here keep me clear but still warm i've had people told me that my mixes were too clean too clean too clean that's why i'm like what's that sound too produced bro it's weird to me i'm like i'm not sure how to take that i was like is that a good thing or is that just and in your experience have those been artists who like they know what they're talking about oh my memory um, I'll say this. I think for the artists that actually say that, I'll say this. I believe that they, to an extent, kind of know how they want them to sell. Like they've had enough experience to be able to. Right. Like, Yo. Yeah. I'll say that. But. At least they can tell you that. Because I've had some artists who will be like, I don't know. It's just, it's just something about it. It's just, I don't know. And I'd be like, what, what? Try to. <laughs> Try to describe it, please. What What is it? I don't know. It's just like, you know, some shit just don't sound right. What don't sound right? I don't know. It's no, just... it's just something just ain't, it ain't hitting. Okay. Like the bass? Like, do we need to turn up the 808s or the kicks? Um... It's like, if you, I don't know. It's going to have. And then we both leave frustrated. Because I can't <laughs> give you what you want. And you can't communicate what you want. Just bounce it. Just, just, just bounce it. Send me the files too. When they and say you that, you never see them again. Just <laughs> <laughs> send me the files. I'm have my man's touch it up. Oh my god. Then you you creep, and they see that they put the song. And you're listening to like so. You having that Kevin that Kevin Hart face. Well, yo, so you're happy with this, and I know whatever. My rough mix was better than his full mix. It's a lot. It is a lot. We went all the way. Huh. What? Let's see. Oh. I don't know. Just, just thinking. Oh. Black has Mixed by Black says, I literally had an artist tell me he had no inspirations or sonic goal. So I literally mixed the song three times and just kept looking back till he was vibing. So how do you feel about that? Because we usually artists, I know there's going to be two sides of that. I think in my experience, I've had mostly good experiences where, okay, so they're pretty much leaving you to just shape the sound of the record. Those could be good because it's like, hey, look, I did my part. I trust you. Do what you do. And when, you know, it's done, then they're like, that's why I fucks with you. So those can be good. I'm not, I'm not, have you had someone who's, who had that situation and then you put your spin on it and they're just like, y'all, can you go back and add more or take, you know what I'm saying? Have you had something like that? Mm, have I had somebody do that to me? Yeah. It, it'll go back to them people who, you know, they want me to add my take on it. 
but then I'll do something and they'll be like, oh, I don't really, can you actually do it like this instead? It's like they don't know what they want until I show them what I want and then they disagree with what I want and it makes it clearer for them what they want. Which is cool, I guess I'm helping you find, you know, your sound or whatever, but it's also frustrating because it's at the expense of me feeling like you don't like anything that I do, if that makes sense. I'm not gonna lie, I had this one song I mixed and <laughs> I put some sauce on it. I'm just like, yo, cause you gotta also, I don't know how far artists or- I'm gonna start something too. Yeah, go ahead. Well, let me get to the point. I don't know how far they think into like the performance aspect of it, but those drops are necessary. Mm -hmm. Those weird effects in certain parts are necessary. So I captured that for this song and I'm just like, I did something with the tune. Cause there's no tune on the record, but I was like, let me just try and exaggerate tune on the vocals at this one part. And mm -hmm. I dropped the beat and I'm just like, yo, I could see them going crazy. I sent it back to um, the artist's mother. Hey, well, and, you did and the was like, at a minute 29. Oh my like, God, this, is, this isn't the reference I sent you with. You know? And that leads me to what I was thinking of. So I've heard mixes done, right? I engineered it and it'll come back mixed by somebody else, which is cool. But the person who mixed it, they like did too much creatively to where it took away from how the artist originally heard it. And when people get too attached to that sound, it, it like turns them off or they have to live with it for too long or they won't allow themselves to live with it long enough to like the changes. You know what I'm saying? I tell people to let me know when I'm doing too much. Mm. But if you... I've crafted some dope artists. Chino Cappin is one, but others give me no direction and they're looking at me like... You don't like this. Whoa, that filter going crazy. If I have the inspiration, it's cool, but I'm not fucking with it and you don't know what you want. Why are we here? Why are we here? Oh Lord, he was go with the demoitus. What? They get too used to the rough. Fuck your rough. <laughs> oh yeah. But no, like for me, how do I say this? Mm, I don't. I don't want to worry about being like too flexing or whatever. I know that I'm a good engineer. When we do certain things in the session. I'm doing what the artist wanted in that moment, in that vibe. So sometimes when some mix engineers come in and they do too much to the beat or they switch up the vocals too much, then it changes the vibe or they're doing stuff that doesn't necessarily complement. Like, I don't know how to explain it for real. I would need to bring in that artist to explain it for y'all. But if we already created something and we just need things balanced, I think that's the difference with some of these mixes. We were in the studio feeling a certain vibe and it turned out the way we expected in that moment. And then you get the mix and it's changing up the creativity of where certain drops were placed before the mix engineer got it or how certain things were set before the mix engineer got it. If you can maintain those settings, but make it clear and make it work within the whole of the song, then 
I think that's part of the science of mixing it. But if we get the record back and it's, you've completely changed the drops or even, because the, the, changing the drops will change the vibe of the song that we originally heard for ourselves. So it's a fine line you gotta kind of walk across when y'all are changing too much as mix engineers. Then you can send us some stuff. My job as a mix engineer is to enhance, not change. Yes, I like that. Most of the time, sometimes I really do say, okay, I'm gonna mix this as if I record it and get to where it needs to be. Yeah, but I like I like what you said about it's your job to enhance it, not change it. And yeah, when I'm engineering things, like we're pretty much getting it to how we want it to be structured. Now we need things more balanced out, but as far as changing some of the creative stuff we did, I found that clients, they don't rock with that. Just make it sound cleaner and more mainstream, more radio ready. See if uh, Black pulls up anything else. <laughs> Our main contributor for the evening. He said, unless I get a Lexi track, don't touch them damn stacks. <laughs> Do not. Oh my God. Oh. When people try to take out my stacks. Not the Lexi stacks. Because she be stacking. When they put them too close together. Being an artist, how is it having a fur baby? Having a fur baby again. Um... Very different with a cat. I still worry about her, but I don't worry as much as I would if this were a dog. So like if Taz was still here, um, I would worry about you know him getting out three times a day, feeding him two or three times a day, and him feeling lonely, you know? But with her, she seemed like she'd be chilling. When I come home, she'd be right up under me like, hey, you've been gone for a while. What's up? Yeah, they, but, that's what I like about cats. They kind of take care of themselves. Yeah. I feel more comfortable leaving her overnight than I would if I had a dog. Artist turned producer or artist turned, or even in your case, right? Uh, artist turned writer. Can you divide it to Yeah. Okay. Like you should, by the way. Thanks. Compliments of kid, I wordplay. You like them here. <laughs> hey, she forgot your shades, bro. <laughs> I'm here. I'm back and forth between y'all and mixing. Well, thank you so much for staying tuned in. Um, it's so these days, well, I'll say for the past few for the past few months I've been trying to make sure I keep myself in check as far as like how I react to people calling me an engineer before an artist mm -hmm. um, so when you say artist turned engineer turned producer that was a little triggering to be honest because well, I'm always an artist first well no I meant like just because again you do have multiple skills but just mm -hmm. In your case, it would be being the artist who's adopted to being the the engineer as well. Because mm -hmm. my whole thing is, at least for me, I did start out as an artist before I became a producer, and then from producing to engineering. But I've noticed that it's great to have all three, mm -hmm. 
because it helps in other categories. So with my engineering, it helped my, my beats to, you know, sound better. Yeah. Um, and it's also helped me to kind of help artists to deliver their vision better because it's like, okay, I got these sounds and I got these. But that can also be the producer hat too. But even so with producing, like, I hear what you're trying to do, but let me try to put that on there and make it sound like that. So that's why I said, like, people who've transitioned from just starting out as the artist and now they're this, mm-hmm. how does that, does it make their sound better? And you know, what's your opinion? I think it's definitely elevated me. Um, Cause I've always known I wanted to be a singer, but I realized that I had to know how to do more than just sing. So that's where my interest in engineering came from. I actually started engineering in middle school when I think about it. Oh wow. Yeah. So my parents, my dad and my stepmom got me a laptop with a built-in microphone. And I found the free recording software, Audacity. (laughs) And learned how to like engineer myself and recorded two albums in middle school. And sold them to my classmates and my teachers, all that good stuff. But um, definitely that's how I got into engineering. Going to school for it elevated my sound as far as leveling. Um, Well, shoot, not even getting to that first how you record the song, how you, how close you get to the mic, how far you are from the mic. Um, yeah, the pop filter and how that affects how harshly some pronunciations can come off when you're doing a song. How to manipulate my voice. So you can capture a performance on a microphone, right? But the microphone can't do the work of just because you turn it down, that doesn't mean you gave a softer performance or just because you turn it up doesn't mean that you gave a more powerful performance. Volume is not the same as tone. And that's something I have to try to get a lot of artists to understand. When I say do it more powerful or give me more emotion behind it, when I say give me more emotion, they'll usually translate that to, all right, let me yell it or let me say it louder but that's not actually what I'm getting at. So becoming an engineer, it's allowed me to recognize like the science of recording and different techniques to get the best performance out and different ways to show different emotions through the recording. And then eventually as I got into more mixing, how am I leveling things? How many stacks am I putting into things? How am I layering and placing those things to make the song sound more full? And yeah, different plugins that I use. I I tend to like to use more reverb than other people or than what's been on the radio, I've noticed. So just because it feels fuller, it feels thicker to me. But also having to learn that if you put too much, it'll make it sound too like cluttered. So it's definitely elevated me as an artist. I feel like you should try to understand every aspect of the craft when you're in music not just the one thing that you do try to learn everything surrounding it as well at least to be able to communicate what you want from someone else who might know more than you communicate to them how to get the sound that you're looking for stuff can help me become a better again better producer better um, local producer do you want to talk about 
how you're kind of getting back into being an artist? Oh God. Whoa, whoa, first. No, I'm not getting, I'm not getting back into being an artist. You're not? Oh, okay. Well, this conversation with frescoes, you know? Oh God. <laughs> well, you know what? Now that you, now that I think about it, because I am, yeah, I guess that would be. Or would you say, has your passion shifted from artistry to production? Or do they both exist? Or does, you know, production hold it more so now than artistry used to? Or, you know? Um, it's mixed feelings. Because I've, I've definitely found my place, my comfort in production. Like, I don't like attention. So I don't want to be the artist that has to be the face of things. But I, learning, you know, today, you don't have to be forefront. You can just put out dope stuff and you can be faceless and, you know, just different ways. Like her, how she started out. Exactly. Then it's, see what's the other producer, the white dude? He's always got like a blurry face or something. He's done a lot of future records. I can't remember his name. I don't know. Honestly, I need to do better about getting back into looking at credits. It's hard to, yeah, I got to say, so I can't read. <laughs> uh, Mixed by Black says, I've been getting into vocal production, studying people like Kirk Harrell, Rihanna's vocal production, uh, vocal producer. It's hard to translate emotions into a performance. Best explanation is it's like working out. There's certain forms and things you can do to get it in the right take. That's Richie South. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think um, definitely technique will affect how someone is giving a certain feeling. So can we say that we're giving emotion or can we just say that we're employing different techniques to make the sound, make the song softer or make it more powerful or more impactful or more sensual, depending on the technique we're using? to record I think it depends on the person because let me think about that have I ever used emotion with producing or anything I've done actually yeah mm -hmm. uh, I remember when I really when I first started recording at 15 I had a girlfriend um, I was living in California I finished my freshman year in high school out there and when I moved back to Jersey, we were still technically dating, but you know how it goes. Long distance. Yeah, long distance. Let that go. You know how that shit go. And just, I was in my emotions and I, I wrote songs about her and I felt like they came out pretty good just because I was in that emotional bag. Mm -hmm. But today I just find myself not so much being in emotion, just more so just going off the vibes. Like, all right, today I feel, I feel like I'm that nigga. So I'm gonna make some up-tempo, bouncy, dope shit. Or I feel a little chilled back today, so let me just make some mellow, uh, abstract, weird stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's mostly vibes. Yeah, for me, it just depends how I'm feeling at that moment. So yeah, the vibe. Um, like when I did Rundown, I was upset at a nigga. Fuck, <laughs> fuck nigga. Um, was that awesome? How do I explain? Oh, fuck shit. Fuck shit. That's a fuck shit. Fuck shit. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> fuck these niggas on this fuck shit. Yikes. Oof. I'm gonna have to bleep out so much. 
Um, fuck shit was definitely about a fuck nigga. Yep, that and everything that I write is based on a true story. Sidebar. Whether I went through it personally or observed it from someone close in my circle, or even if I just saw it on TV, it depends how well I feel like I can translate the story. But how did I come up with the concept for rundown on a nigga? Because I haven't played it for you, have I? I didn't. I don't think I recorded it by the time we hung out that day. And after you answer his question, I'm gonna answer your question about the artistry. I had to think about some stuff. Okay. Mixed by Black says, my biggest thing to get out of artists is conviction and believing the lyrics. I believe artists should take an acting class, being able to use other emotions to fuel a performance. Yeah. Well, you, well, you break it down <laughs> like that. I feel that. Yeah. It's like, make what you're saying believable. Because I, I say this all the time. I'm like, okay, you're talking about, let's just take a typical breakup record from a, a, a female artist. Mm-hmm. 2 a.m., you know, the same on 2 a.m., calling your phone. Put some emotion behind that because it sounds like you're just, just throwing it out there just because it sounds good to say with what you're going, you know, with the topic. But no, make it believable. Put a run behind it. Let you, you know, pitch your vocals and, you know, just do something crazy. There's different techniques that can, can make you sound completely different. Mm-hmm. What he said reminds me of, I had these clients that I used to work with who every time we did a session, they always felt like they had to be high or drunk to get certain emotions and to get certain performances. But then after the sessions were over, they would call me or one specific client, this specific person in his group would call me two, three days later and be like, yo, Lex, why it sound like that? I'm like, sound like what? Like, your ass was hard. I'm not really like, I ain't really saying the words and this shit sound like trash. And I'm like, well, I tried to tell you in the moment, but yeah, you were too high or you were too drunk. And when I tried to correct you in the moment, you weren't taking my advice. So that's why it sounds like that. You got to come back and now we got to do it again. But the point of me saying that is, Artists, we have to be actors in a way. Um, <clears throat> if you have to smoke or drink every single time you come to the studio to get a certain emotion or a certain vibe, what are you going to do when you have to do a 50-city tour? Are you going to have to depend on drinking or smoking before every single show? Like, you have to be an actor and you have to be able to take on different roles and different emotions for the song. Like, think of the song as a script even though it may not be written, but what do you want your audience to feel? How do you want them to react? But if you have to depend on things outside of yourself to get that vibe, then I feel like those kind of people aren't gonna make it last long enough because they don't, in my opinion, have a good understanding of what this is that we're doing, making the song. You're just going off of what you see on TV. Oh, they do drugs and they drink. They go to the club all the time. So that's what I need to do to be this artist. But you're not on that level yet. I wonder, do those artists actually think about what they really want long-term, short-term? Because mm -hmm. I feel like I have come across some artists that, you know, they're heavy into drugs and it's like, hey, I know I ain't going to be hot in 10 years i just trying to get on now make a little bit of money and then put on my next man who actually is the artist maybe maybe I, 
it's just speculation. That's my speculation. Mm. And they may not just know it. Because I, I ask a lot of artists, part of my consultation, what do you want from this industry? Mm. And that could be short term and long term. You want to open a label? Do you want to sign artists? You know, you want to be the next kid cut? What do you want to do? And okay. just, I, I didn't want to say Beyonce, so I had to go kick her. I was thinking Beyonce. That's like the <laughs> Everybody wants to be Beyonce. So, it, you know, it's just to tap into what they really think it goes on in this industry and what they want from us. Like, what do you really want from us? Do you know that? What do you want from this industry? Because I had this because con- Valley just tapped in, and hey. we we had this conversation the other night. Actually, like, what do you want from this? His project's hard as fuck, by the way. You listen to it? I didn't. Did I put you on him? Or you knew about him? I've, I've been so it's funny enough. Oh, he been knowing about you, Valley. I met him through. Um, we got a mutual friend. Really? I mean, I don't know if they're still associated, but yeah, I met him through him. That's crazy. It's, I got a funny story. I don't know if he wants me to tell it. It ain't too crazy, but I'll just say this. Valley wasn't feeling me at first. Mm. And it was just a misunderstanding, but, you know, we got past that and, we, you know, I'm glad we did. <laughs> yeah. He's dope. We were, He's amazing. We were having that, a deep conversation the other night. And sidebar, we were, um, what were we talking about? Like superpowers or whatever? Something like that. We get into some deep conversations. So but um, basically, I was like, I put on this playlist that I love to listen to, put in the background. It's called Live R&B on YouTube. And it's like a picture of, um, it's like a red picture and there's a girl in it, but it's called Live R&B. When you turn it on, it's a, it's a, a motion picture of a penguin walking through the city. And I was thinking to myself, like, dang, Valley, like, you know, your stuff sounds like it should be on this playlist. And then why, when I said that, two minutes later, his song was on the playlist. Mm-hmm. He was like, I didn't even know. And I was like, see, I just be manifesting stuff. Lexi got superpowers. That's facts. In that way. But I spoke it into existence. But yeah, so that was a sidebar. But we were talking about, you know, as an artist, what do you want out of it? And my, what I want, what I tell myself anyway, is the influence. I want to change people's mindset and the culture of how we treat each other and just basically bring back love and common decency at least because mm. I feel like a lot of the music that we're listening to now it's turn up it's murder music it's you know killing it's just not and it's not encouraging the best out of people it's actually the opposite and we could get into a different conversation about the conspiracy behind that and the agenda of the theory of the agenda of the industry and who's funding the industry, all that stuff. But that's a whole nother different conversation. But yeah, my my thing is I want the influence of it and I hope to change the culture. But we had this realization today of I don't need the world to like my music though. If I could just find my tribe of people, my group of people then I would be fine with that as well. I just want to know that I'm at least influencing someone to do better, be better, strive for better. Ideally, I would want it to be the entire world, but if I could touch, let's just say 100 people, and that's my core audience, then I would be okay with that, genuinely engaging with those people. 
Do artist goals set unrealistic expectations in the studio? Can you read these tonight? Yes. I can't wait, no, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what do you want out of this industry? It is, it's so much. Because uh, we kind of touched on this conversation the other day. Like, as far as what do you want to do? Um, I want to be the next mobile who I create dope, dope content and it touches people and it inspires people to, you know, pursue that inner artist in them. Mm -hmm. But I also want to create wealth for my for myself, for my, you know, and also for other people. I want to be able to put you on so that you can put on for yours. Mm -hmm. And just keep that cycle going. Cause this but I also want to change the industry too. I think you said it earlier with, you know, mm -hmm. with the current people who are in charge of things. I want to change that shit. Yeah. Because they... Everyone used to tell me, like, you know, oh, the industry is dark. And even when I was a kid, my parents, looking back, they didn't really encourage the whole singing thing because maybe they kind of heard rumors about the industry or whatever. I think growing up, um, I always wondered, like, you know, why people didn't, like, invest in me becoming more part of the industry or you know helping me to build my craft more than just me having the willpower to get it done and um it's because you know the industry is dark i used to think people were kind of like exaggerating when they talked about that but no it is real as i work with more people and i don't know if guys see it the same way but as a woman there are certain things that people say to me certain things that they expect me to do to get clout in the industry. And it usually involves me having to give my body up to these people. But you know, you have to do certain things. You have to kiss ass. You have to do favors to get a position in the industry. And it's not about talent. It's about the politics. It's not about the talent. It's about who you know. And it's not about the talent, it's about how much money do you have to push yourself for however long. And it gets really frustrating. The The focus is no, no longer as much on the talent as it is the politics. Would I even venture to say that it's not even so much about the business anymore? Because there are so many fake things about the industry. I feel like they're not even truly making money from the music, they're making money from other shit and the music is the cover-up. The music is the front. That's how I feel about a lot of things, too. There were times when the, the mob had a hold on the industry, like, to cover up. They still own. Right. Huge part of the industry. I've heard stories where... How else do you justify the millions, you know, that are spent, or the millions that are made in such a short amount of time? Hmm. But yeah, so um, I would love to see that culture change as well <sighs> because it's just, and then when you make it about 
the antics that you're doing around the music versus the actual music. We're just losing so much of a connection and we're losing so much substance. Of course, all this music, it has its place, right? It has its environment where you can listen to it and feel connected to it. But a lot of the stuff I hear, like I don't, I don't connect with a lot of the music today. I really don't. Everything just feels really superficial to me. And Steph and I were talking about like the example of Wild Side earlier, where we have differing opinions on it. I don't feel like that was such a great song. Coming from me being an Aaliyah fan and me feeling like I don't connect to the music that much these days, it felt very typical. It felt like I wanted a little more mystery in the music as far as like the wordplay of things but everything is so in your face. There's no mystery, there's, it's a sex-driven industry, unfortunately. That's what it boils down to. Everything is about a lifestyle now. Yeah, and I remember when music used to um, timestamp what was going on in the world. No one is doing that, well, mainstream is not doing that so much. It's a distraction more than ever versus another form of communication. It's more of a way for people to escape more so than timestamp what's happening or it's more so about escapism than it is um, identifying a common feeling of the time, if that's a proper way to say it, you know? Mm. So whereas before, like I mentioned Nina Simone earlier, or even Bob Marley, those were politically charged creations where things were happening. And even though they may not have explicitly said like what political thing was going on, there were references there, the words that they were choosing to use communicated a way of feeling that everyone was experiencing and that's how we were all connecting versus now it's really about flexing it's about showing off it's about what's the craziest antic i can do to get reactions out of people and it's not the music is suffering from it in my opinion um i was still thinking about the wild side song mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, for me, I'm just big on melodies. And again, just the fact that one minute, I felt like for me, there was definitely some wordplay there. Um, but I, again, going into- Wordplay or melody? Well, melody part, excuse me. And when you listen to the song, are you looking at it more for the production or definitely. the overall song? Production? Definitely the production. That's how I kind of, came to the conclusion of how I became a music producer. Mm -hmm. I've always been able to remember beats. Like I can remember every instrument I've heard and, so, and I can like, it's, it's real familiar, but I can't recite lyrics to save my life. <laughs> I can't, none, none of the popular songs, you know, maybe to certain songs that I'm in my bag with, I can, if there's playing, I can recite it. But right now I can't tell you my favorite song, word for word. Mm -hmm. I sure know that beat though. 
So if you had a gun to your head. I'm dead. And you had to reproduce a song. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Which song would it be? It could be anything. Mm -hmm. Reproduce Wild Side. I'd love to. I, gun to your head. I actually thought about doing the Jersey Club instead of Dude, why ain't you done it yet? The fuck, man, that's what the fuck I be talking about. Like y'all niggas be really playing out here. Like you right. know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I... Mad talented, you know what I'm saying? Even I don't know. The I don't... high marquees of the Jersey music, you know what I'm saying? What they call it? That's just yeah, that's a Jersey club music. Jersey club music. Or, oh. boot, or booty bounce music. Oh, that bounce. was the other nickname. Booty bounce. <laughs> oh, I like that booty bounce music. And that was booty bounce. Yes, Monster. Biggie Bounce It. That's New Orleans Bounce. Biggity, 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 biggity Bounce It. Of course, you can say it with your time today. Biggity, 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 biggity Bounce It. Can you say biggity? Biggity. Biggity, biggity. Giggity. Not giggity. Biggity. Biggity. Go. Biggity, biggity. See, I can't say giggity, giggity. Like, giggity gets me, but I can say biggity, biggity, biggity. How did you? I don't know. She's a giggity. <laughs> giggity, giggity, giggity. I have to think about it too hard. I can say biggity, biggity, biggity a lot better. I can do that much, but when you start biggity, 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 bounce it, biggity, bounce it, biggity, 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 bounce it, biggity, 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 bounce it, bounce, bounce, bop, do, bop, bop. I like that song. I like that song. It's a classic New Orleans. You're an entertainer, dancer. You're just so talented. Stick on, ha, 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 stick on. Stick up. Stick up. Stick up. I, well, I think I've lost my room. I think so. I don't like dance. I mean, not that I don't, but I don't. How do you feel about these rappers that come in and they can't stay on beat? She's looking at you like, yeah, how do you feel? They... It ain't for me, but I think it's become a style. Ew. Really? You think so? I think it's become a style. That hurts my heart. That's why I said it's what? super. No, uh, no wrong answers. Yeah, it's super subjective, right? Yeah. What's for you may not be for me. I'm not the audience for that. The blue face. The blue faces of the world. I'm not the audience. I'm not the target. Have you seen that meme where it was like blue face? What, it, what was it? He's not the only one that's done it, though. He's the only, like, example recently I can think right. of. Right, recent example. Like, really, really bad. But it was like, hey, uh, you want to get on this song with me? Yeah. I already sent my verse. It's like, nigga, we ain't even sent the beat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Oh, my God. But, like, if your voice, our voice is nothing but another instrument, right? If your instrument is out of step with all of the other production, who's dancing to that? That doesn't feel right, you know? But I worry, can these new rappers feel anything at all? Feel as far as? In general, like human existence. The music. So if we're getting to like a deeper topic of agendas and conspiracies, I feel like our humanity is under attack with some of the music that's been coming out. 
And the reason why I say I wonder if these dudes are even feeling anything anymore is because they can't tell, let me follow the snare for how I'm doing my rhymes or let me follow the kick or, you know, like they're just not in tune with the beat. I think when I deal with that, because I had that happen recently, um, going back to just being prepared, so if you're, it's that time. <laughs> it is that time. Oh, double up, double up. Yeah. If you're the artist that comes to the studio and you're reading straight from your phone, you're not prepared. So you're more focused on getting everything out that you're seeing. You're focused on reading it versus like just being comfortable and just delivering it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. And then you go back like, oh, crap, did I say this right? Did I lose my place? This don't look right. You focus on the wrong thing. And I think that's what the issue is. Shut up. You couldn't hear that until Steph said something. <laughs> he said, damn, go eat. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. These iPhones, they, the audio is pretty good. Thank you all so much for joining me and Hugh Stefner in our multiple conversations today. Doesn't matter which one you're seeing, if this is the first, second, possibly third installment of our conversation. Thank y'all so much for tuning in with us and chatting with us. Um, you got anything you want to share with people that you might be working on or uh, that you're about to release or any last words, anything for real? Well, real quick, so going back to what you were saying about me reintroducing myself as an artist or re-tapping into that experience, mm -hmm. I am looking to start putting out Jersey Club records because it's grown to the point where everyone's familiar. Like whoever has a TikTok, you've heard of a Jersey Club record. There's challenges and so forth. So I am going to be doing that. Um, if you have a dope song of yours that you like and you need it remixed, put a Jersey spin on it so it can go viral, hit me up because that's my specialty. I am born and raised in New Jersey. Acapellas? I need acapellas and an instrumental. Shit, if we get really creative, I can even remake the beat and just use the acapella. But it just depends on where my mind is with it, how I vibe with it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I like that. And where can the people find you, Hugh Stephanie? Instagram. Because I, I it used to all be the same thing, but I changed it. Steph C, baby. Everything used to be Steph C, baby, but I believe everything is now under... Hugh Stephner, H-U-G-H-S-T-E-P-H-N-E-R. Hugh Stephner. Sniffner. Stephner. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say Sniffner? Hugh Sniffner. Hugh Stephner, everybody. So yeah, thank y'all so much for joining in on the conversation. Let us know what you thought about the conversation in the comment section down below as the cat chews on the tripod. Um... And yeah, what do you think about the different things we talked about, the relationship between artist and engineer, um, artists, how everybody's not going to like your stuff or even, you know, finding your tribe, finding your audience and then trying to figure out why you do this music or why you're involved in the industry. Let us know what you think about any of those conversations in the comments down below. And if you would like to support me, see me do more of this creative content and have more time to do this kind of stuff then please make sure you support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash LexiATL. That's L-E-X-C-A-T-L. It's LexiATL basically on everything around the world. 
uh, for as low as $5 a month, as low as $5 a month, you can get exclusive content that the general public has not seen and you will get access to this content way before the general public. Whereas I might do this like, you know, let's say today's a Monday, but I might not release it for another two weeks. If you're a patron, I don't know what that was. <laughs> if you're a patron, you can see this as soon as I upload it, not when I make it public to the general public. So if that's something you're interested in, then make sure you go to patreon.com slash LexiATL to support me for as low as $5 oh. a month. But thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Lexi. This is Hugh Steffner. Peace. Peace.